Epic Turn is a podcast about the hobby gaming industry, what we love or hate about it, how it's evolving and changing, and other things that as gamers we're passionate about. Your hosts are Brian McLemore, that's me, and Tim Aldridge. Welcome as we take our next Epic Turn. So I guess today's topic, you know, hits a little bit home for all of us. It's about game nights. And, you know, what was funny is I started reading Reddit. Um, well, I didn't just start reading Reddit. Sorry, I started reading board, the board game subreddit uh, a couple days ago. And I found a post that absolutely made me think of our own group. And it was called The Ten Commandments of Gaming. It's a post by Ace Zero Snipe. Now, this this post he made is actually a compiled list of like four or five different uh posts on either board game geek or again on the board game subreddit and just some of these are just absolutely amazing and i think they're true to most game groups so i kind of wanted to you know read the list and get your thoughts on it brian i want to give my own and uh i think they i think they represent how to run a pretty good game night yeah and i don't know i'm just reading through them a little bit they seem like you can there we could have a lot to say about them all i guess so i don't know i'll let you start all right so commandment number one Thou shalt have one game master. Yeah, that's just your ego talking. I don't know about that. I think, okay, Cosmic Patrol aside, because that is a <laughs> a group RPG. It's true. There should only be one game master. But should, if you look at it, that's not the way they're meaning it. They're not talking about it in an RPG way, if you read the well, subtext there. They talk about how when you're playing a board game, you should have one person who sits down and explains the rules. Because if you try to have six different people telling a new person how to play, that person's never going to figure it out. I don't know what you're talking about. We have never done that in our group, and we have never used it to in a form of collusion. I don't think we actually have. I um, think we have. But <laughs> okay, no, that, then that ass, ass never mind. Then that, uh, then that's all on your head. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> no. when I try to explain a game to somebody, I want them to at least give a, a good showing, so I feel like I didn't take advantage of them when I went. <laughs> Okay, and I'm sorry about that time. That, that was very yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. but no, seriously. Uh, even from an RPG aspect and a board game, because I I took it as both ways. Uh, the first way I took it is as a as an RPG. I mean, this does go a little off topic, but you should only have one game master. It should be one person that runs the story and all that. And from the aspect of board games, when you're trying to teach someone a board game, there should be one person who knows the game explaining it. Cause the worst part you can do to a new player is have someone explain it. And then the guy across the table go, no, 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 you don't have to worry about that rule. That rule never comes up or, well, that's not what the rule book states. If you have one person with the rules, it makes everything a little bit more easier, a little bit uh, easier. A little bit easier yeah. for, for the new player. <laughs> no, um, I, I agree. You know, you have to have somebody who is in charge of looking up the answers. Um, I normally feel good playing that role because I feel like I do a good job explaining them to other people that don't have the rule book. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I've also seen there seems to be two or three different styles of explaining the rules to people. And there is a explain as you play. So you discover the rules as they come up. Mm-hmm. Um, which is kind of the way I prefer because I feel like people have a tendency to learn more and retain more and you get to get to the fun part a lot faster. Cause if you're sitting there telling somebody how, you know, the opposite view, right. Is you read the rule book up front, you tell it, you read, you tell everybody how to play and then you sit down and you try to play. And the longer that phase lasts before you can actually get to the play, the more likely you are to lose people, especially the ones that are not hardcore gamers. Okay. I see your point on that one. 
you know, um, in our in our group, you know, we've grown to having a lot of people involved, and many of these people have never played hobby games before. The, you know, mm-hmm. their experience with board games is Scrabble and Monopoly. Um, oh, don't forget Risk. Risk <laughs> Risk is the gateway. Eh, okay, Risk is a gateway truck. But, <laughs> you know, my point, I think, still stands that the majority of these people have never played something as complicated as Catan or mm-hmm. um, Power Grid or House on the, or up Trail on the House of the Hill. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't know the fact that you might have to spend 20 minutes setting up the game right. uh, in order to get to the good part. Uh, those people, you have to get engaged quickly. Agreed. Um, and if you're the type of when you're being the you know in this context game master that is trying to explain a sometimes 20, 30 page rule book all up front before you ever even pick which color you are, mm-hmm. it, it can get it can get pretty wearing. And that's why when I tried when I when I fill that role, I try to go to get as fast as I can to the part mm-hmm. where we're actually playing. I agree. I mean, I think there are times when explaining the rules in in terms of like maybe the full turn is more acceptable like when we're like okay for example phases explaining a whole phase to a, to everybody at the table is probably better than you know just reading all the phases at once well so when it comes to those kind of games what i hope for is that you have a a high level view of the phases of the turn like just a quick name saying you know well you have the draw play attack play discard phase borrowing for magic right 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 now there are a lot of rules that each one of those phases means and mm-hmm. but being able to give that high overhead level at least lets them say okay i know i can attack later i don't have to worry about asking what when i can do that that's true so you know and you can carry that over from in all these different board games you know uh, most most games seem to have a two to four phase turn most uh, sure. i would say you know some more yeah. some less and yeah. if you know as a general rule that what i'm wanting to do is coming up you don't have to worry about stopping the flow of the earlier phases uh to to get to that and yeah i don't know i like that better i agree so commandment number two oh, wait, wait 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 uh, i'm not done with commandment number one. Oh, i'm sorry i'm sorry <clears throat> hey you know well we're trying to go a little bit more in depth you know uh, about oh. things so um and you went okay. I wanted to touch base on what you said about taking the "Thou shall have one game master" uh, from from an RPG point of view. Okay. So, with the exception of Cosmic Patrol, because let's face it, that one's just crazy, and well, I, I love it, it, but it's it's crazy. Okay, for our listeners that don't know, Cosmic Patrol is a group GM RPG, paper and pencil RPG, where everybody can be the game master. Actually, you are supposed to in a three act. Uh, scenario you're each person is supposed to take a turn as the game master and uh you know well, propel the story three players are yeah yeah uh to propel the story forward <clears throat> and it's a really unique experience if you haven't tried it it's from catalyst games it's absolutely amazing mm-hmm. please please pick it up but anyway brian back to your point okay so well i'm actually going to use the whole topic here about cosmic patrol though as kind of a what i think in some ways and, and hear me out before you shot me down on this. In some ways, I think that's what every RPG should be. Because um, in in Cosmic Patrol, which one time we're going to have to record uh, the group of us playing because it gets great. We'll have to get Dave there, get him, give him a gold, uh, you know, a, a dragon's milk, and just let him go to town. But what I really think about RPGs in general is that it is a group experience. 
and mm-hmm. it is you have one guy, and in Cosmic Patrol, that's the that's the plot master or storyteller. I can't remember what words they use, and that guy is responsible for shepherding the story. And he is responsible for trying to tell the overall plot, but everyone can end up influencing the plot through the plot points. Now, admittedly, when we're playing Cosmic Patrol, that that influence is ungated to some degree. Yeah, you can counteract to that stuff to some degree with the GM's plot points, but not right. completely. Correct. So you are – what you're trying to do is gated a little bit, but not very much. And you can do – Anything. There is no rule system hardly that you can that you can uh, put yourself in. Like you're like, hey, I'm on an alien planet and I find a Roman, and it's like, okay, you find a Roman. Congratulations, like a real Roman, not not an alien Roman. Yeah. But you know, whatever you want, or you know, that's not this engine. That's that engine. You know, it, right. it makes some great cinematic storytelling, but it's uh, it, it it allows you to go a little bit further. So. Where I would relate that back is I see the guy, uh, the guy at the head of the table when we're playing World of Darkness or Pathfinder or whatever else, you know, these more structured systems. I still see that guy at the front of the table as the shepherd of the story, and he still has to react to the, those players shaping the story. Right. So, you know, admittedly, there are more rules. You have more constraints. You are not allowed to go completely off the deep end. Like you are in Cosmic Patrol, the GM can shut you down either through whether it's page nine or it's, you know, and rocks fall out of the sky and you're dead or it's, you know, well, what you're trying to do is really a bad idea and you're probably going to die as a result. You know, I mean, let's face it, that happens. It and, does. Yeah. And in that, in that vein, I would say that that should be how all those games go because we, I think we've all had the GMs out there that have really just run roughshod over the players. And it's like, Mm -hmm. you're stepping out of my two by two storyline and I am going to force you to stay in it, whether you like it or not. That's true. Or you get the, the other outcome, which is I'm going to have my Mary Sue character come and just obliterate all of you. I'm going to do deus ex machina and you're all done. Right. And and that's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. When, you know, you're, Either get, you're going to kill off the person who's misbehaving in the group and try to teach them a lesson. Those mm. are bad GMs. Agreed. Uh, and I, I've played under them. I do not like it. Uh, you know, you can't let the the GMs can't let the players run roughshod over them in return. But it is a partnership and it is a group storytelling experience, even though it's not as liberal with that as uh, Cosmic Patrol. Right. I, I think I'm. I think I'm coupling it with the next commandment, and I guess I'll bring my point up as well because uh, it, it does couple with what you're saying in terms of you know it is a group experience but the the rule of the one gm makes perfect sense and i'll segue that into commandment number two is thou shalt honor the rule book now this is more strict this is more strictly speaking for board games over rpgs uh, in the sense of the rule book is the final say be it either the faq an errata the rule book is, you know, that is your boundary for the game. You might not necessarily agree with the rule that you're having to deal with. You know, there's all those times in board games where we go, you know, that that rule doesn't make sense. We don't like that rule, but it's the rules. You know, we've, we've all had those moments. Mm-hmm. However, it is the rule. I think it's important for a gaming group to follow the rules. So there isn't, you know, you go, well, justice once will just not say that rule exists. No. I think that can, I think that can lead down a very 
dark road, <laughs> <laughs> a very dark and dangerous gaming road. Right. And I, I think that's also what kind of makes Cosmic Patrol so much fun is they've kind of codified that mm-hmm. into a rule, believe it or not, as, as it is. Um, but yeah, so you're talking about the second the second rule here where it says thou shalt thou shalt honor the rule book. Yes. And it says the rule book is law and where the rules do not specify legality of an action, the game master has final judgment. So really to me that that reads to me more about role playing side of house uh than board games. Um more I think more cuz when we play we have a tendency to uh do kind of a group consensus amongst the I don't know what you want to call us the senior more experienced players. Like me, you will sometimes just a couple of the other guys will we'll look at each other. And it's like, that doesn't make any sense. That makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, and we'll kind of maybe have it out between the two or three of us and, you know, and, and majority rules or whatever, if we disagree. And, right. Um, so, you know, we, we've definitely not ran a strict one game master group. Yes. But I think what I'm, what I'm trying to get at in terms of tying that back to the, the commandment number one is the fact that there should be a one GM who does have that final say mm-hmm. it's, uh, like the, as we say, page nine in our group. Yeah. Um, well, I'm reason, pretty sure a lot of groups say that say page nine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the reason being is that what I mean by what I was trying to get to with the one game master is I've had that experience where the, a party member or a player has done nothing but try to be the game master while I'm game master. Hmm. And that's what I'm, I'm more referring to in terms of the RPG sense is that it is a it should be a one GM rule is that he is the he is the judge at the end of the night. Right. No. And, and you yeah. need you do need that, whether it's one guy or a small group of people making those decisions, depending on what kind of game. Right. Um, absolutely. You, you designed by committee or game by committee only will take you so far. You know, uh, we know, we know that from our professional lives. We know that (laughs) from watching cities, you know, and States and countries have issues as you watch their corporate or not corporate, but uh, bureaucratical structures fall apart. Um, you know, so it's the same thing that we're talking about here. There needs to be somebody who has final say. Um, I, I do agree with that. And when I was talking about the, the role playing side of it, I'm more talking about like, you know, the storytelling, a good, a good leader in those cases takes the opinions of his players into effect. Um, you know, in some of the games you've ran for a group, um, you know, uh, we've kind of completely ignored your plot. Yes. Uh, just a little. And then I've, you know, made it work. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> um, I think I was the guilty party of that one. We just went off in another direction. Uh, the group had a lot of fun, which I think yep. is the ultimate goal of any of these um, game nights. Game nights, mm-hmm. you know, you, you you try to get together and you want to have a good time, right? Agreed. Uh, either that or get drunk, but that normally involves having a good time. Um, uh, by the way, for our underage listeners, uh, that drinking lots of soda. Yes, yes. We drink mini ginger ale. Thank you. Um, but, you know, uh, no, we can talk about drinking. It's okay. <laughs> anyway, root beer, root beer. Root uh, beer. Anyway, came back on topic, Brian. Sorry. So, what was I saying? See what you did? Yeah, no. But, oh no. So you know, you're talking about getting together and having a lot of fun, you know. And that was the reward for us as a group was we got to have fun, right? And your story that you may or may not have spent a lot of time preparing didn't get told as you expected it. 
but I had a lot of fun getting to the ending. Right. And that's what it's about. And I guess I would caution GMs about being too hung up on, they have to see my story. You know, if you want to do that, go write a book. Agreed. No, I full heartedly agree. But this, we have to kind of round this back to commandment number two is that it, it, it is really good, especially in our group that you do follow the rule book. Mm-hmm. And it even says in there, if, if, if the game master is one of the tied parties or if, you know, or if there's a disagreement on the table, you know, work it out with your group, yeah. do your best to honor, honor the rules because the second mm-hmm. you kind of throw a rule book out of the window at that point, your players, in my opinion, like for example, if it's a, if it becomes a house rule, it's a lot different, right? Well, um, and they even they even address that. They did, and yeah. if not, then you know you don't you still want to stick as true to the rules as possible, and, that, mm-hmm. and that, that goes for both board games and RPGs. Absolutely, you know, and I, I do agree. Um, I've played with some GMs that threw the entire an entire system out of like dungeons. Uh, we were playing D anD D third ed uh, back in early two thousands, and our GM hated memorizing spells. So mm-hmm. he threw that out, but you knew when you were sitting on the table that that part of the rulebook didn't apply. And here is his replacement, you know, two or three pages worth of text, and you knew how his magic system worked. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as long as these kind of things are specified up front, I, I think there is absolutely no issue. Immediately, sometimes you forget to say something, and that can lead to some kind of like, you know, awkward moments with new people. Uh, Agreed. But yeah, definitely going out and saying that they are. Um, yeah, that these rules are different than the standard is very important. Okay. Oh, so, uh, so quick side note and topic. Well, not topic, not side note, not topic change. But going off the same subject, I wanted to point out one game that also definitely codified this into the rules, and that's Munchkin. Oh, very much so. You know, at the end of the <laughs> rule book, it's like all all rules arguments will be settled loudly and bolsterously, followed by the owner of the game having the last word. You know, <laughs> same thing. Thou shall have one game master and shall honor the rules. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of the last line, though, of rule two? Any rules added or removed afterwards will have to be voted in or out. Um, I believe this is I think this is important because especially when you're coming up with a house rule for anything, be it board games or RPGs, I guess I, I would apply this rule more for an RPG over a board game that, you know, if if there's something you want brought in, let the table have a voice on it, because the, the worst part you could do, and I, I've been guilty of it myself, is create a rule that may or may not hinder someone else without knowing mm-hmm. at the time of creation. Are you talking about that as like a RP DM or are you talking about more as just a uh, the guy who brought the game to the table? Both. OK, I'm, I'm, I'm more referring to it as a as an RP, but I've I've done that to where, OK, well, our house rule states, you know, in this in this scenario, we reshuffle and mm-hmm. it might have like destroyed the perfect hand for someone. Right. So, I, I mean, I've been guilty of both sides and, uh, you know, I'm, you know, years of experience of gaming has taught me don't do that. Um, in terms of just introducing a rule without having everybody have a say. Yeah. I I would also say that, you know, I think that applies less to the RPG side um, Mm -hmm. because let's face it, the guy at the end of the table, that's his job Mm -hmm. to a certain degree is if he finds a rule in there that he drastically disagrees with, he should inform everybody that that doesn't apply or that something replaces it or new rules on top of that. Right. But sometimes, you know, it's just his call. Right. Um, but definitely when you're doing a, a board game or a cooperative experience of some sort or you know, whether you're competitive or not, that you're there isn't a single person that's quote unquote in charge. Agreed. Yeah. You definitely need somebody in, in that capacity. Yep. 
So I think that we we're going to go into commandment number three, which is thou shall not cheat. This one, this one strikes a chord with me uh, very deeply because I actually had a gaming group in high school mm-hmm. that we had one or we had one person that was a notorious cheater for anything we did in terms right. of board or card or RPG. Like any night we all got together, he would do everything in his power to cheat to win. And we'll be getting to, I, you know what, there's a, there's a 10th commandment in here, which I'm going to kind of strike or we'll have to go back to or bring it up right now, is thou shall not play to win. Oh, that's at the end. We're supposed to come back to that. I know, but. But I know, we, I know it's tied in, but all these tie in. And also, you right. know, with a thou shall not honor the rule book, you know, thou shall yeah. not cheat. I mean, it's kind, <laughs> of, kind of the same thing. Right, um, but, cheating is kind of an interesting subject, though, because I've always said a good GM does cheat. You know, uh, when you're when you're dealing with a uh, RP scenario anyway, because there are times where the dice rolls are unbelievably unfair to the party. And most of us and most of your players are going to stop having fun. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I I would kind of say I I don't see that one on the list here. Um, But, you know, thou shalt have fun should be like the number one commandment to me. I I think so. Because if any if any of the other ones stop you from having fun or, you know. So you're saying it's the golden rule? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, we'll, I think we should touch on that uh, near the end. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, but thou shalt not cheat. Like I said, I had like the, sorry to go back. Is that so? We had that experience, and it really ruined again. Again, our breaking the golden rule. It ruined the fun for everybody. Mm-hmm. We, you know, eventually we stopped inviting him, and then he got all bent out of shape, and friendships got destroyed, and it just got really bad. Mm-hmm. But it was just the fact that you should never cheat. I mean. Okay, so you're playing a game like Kingsburg and you roll your dice and you get, you know, two sixes. Oh, sorry, two sixes and a four. So you can't get the queen and, you know, you get to go first. And so, you you know, you you bump the dice. Oh, look, guys, I got an 18. I mean, I got a 17. I can get the queen now. Mm-hmm. You know, that that kind of stuff I, in board gaming. There's no there's no point in cheating board games. What are you going to do? Oh, I bested all my friends. Woohoo! Yeah, but I'm just saying it is. This, this, I think this should be common sense for anybody. If you're going to cheat and you have to cheat to win, mm-hmm. then don't don't go play board games with your friends because eventually, when you do get caught, you're going to do. There's always going to be some problems in the group once once some once one person gets caught cheating, everybody's going to be watching that person from yeah. any other time when you come out. I mean, well, and, and it not only impacts your reputation when you're dealing with the board game at that point. You know, mm-hmm. you're it, it impacts who you are to the group in other capacities. Agreed. So, I mean, I, I think I think we've all summed it up. And uh, in terms of RP, I guess uh, I think thou shall not cheat. I, I'm really ref- I think what they're more referring to is not the GM aspect, because as you no, said, but I think it's I think it's worth talking about. I agree. As, I mean, even as a GM, yes, if my dice like I roll four crits in a row and I know I'm just going to kill this person out, I might say, oh, look, guys, I, I missed twice or I got one crit and one hit and two misses or, you know, mm-hmm. I only got one crit. Yes, in that case, yes, I will I will fudge the dice to make it more fun for the party. But yeah, you let, I, the, you let them have the, you know, cinematic escape at the end of the fight or right. the, you know, the barely overcoming their, their opponents. Um, or they just die. Yeah, yeah, or they just yeah. yeah. uh, It happens sometimes, but it shouldn't well, it happen does. every time, and it shouldn't happen uh, to the detriment of having fun. Like mm-hmm. those guys need to feel like they had a chance. 
Agreed. Yeah. And, and so I think, though, that that is the source of one of the classic elements of any D, uh, D&D GM arsenal. Is again cheating. Well, well no, 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 not cheating. But I'm talking about a, Sorry, I was seeing if you were going to get where I was going with that. Um, no, I'm talking about the the uh, GM screen. Oh, okay. I see. Sorry, I I was thinking about it from you know more of a you know you should always as a GM care more about your story. Sorry. Yes, the GM screen is great because no one can see what you roll. <laughs> right. You're like I'm rolling a dice. It doesn't even matter which one. I know what's I know what I'm going to say is going to happen. Right. I'm making it. Uh, <laughs> I'm making an attack roll. Dude, didn't you roll a D4? Yeah, something like that. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know. So it's uh, that's kind of the whole thing. That way, your players don't know because. Okay, I've seen some DMs that when they do cheat for mm-hmm. their to to help their players or to hurt their players, they end up telling the players about it after the fact or whatever, and that ruins it for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, we barely made it out alive, but we took down the bad guy. He's like, yeah, because he had half the life he started off with. Uh, it's like, what the hell, dude? Again, that's breaking the golden rule. Yeah. Ruining the fun. Now, there's a there's another part to this that... I don't necessarily agree with entirely because of some games um, kind of require it mm. is they say nothing outside the bounds of the game can be used to. Well, OK, never mind. I, I screwed up my reading. Sorry. This is also very true, in my opinion, for all board games. Nothing outside the bounds of the game can be used to barter and for an in-game deal alliance agreement and no bribes. I think that's that goes again. You know, if, if that's what you have to take to win, I'm sorry. You got problems. Yeah, well. Okay, so some games I know have kind of built that into the structure, though. Well, yes, there's some collusion, but we're talking about nothing outside the bounds of the game. We're talking in terms of, like, I come up to you and be like, hey, dude, I'll give you a pack of Modern Masters if you, uh, you know, help me win tonight. That right there, yeah, really. That's a, I agree. You know, that's not cool. I also don't think it's cool to exert any kind of alley game influence you have. Like, you know, um, I've played with several people in the past who have reported to me in some capacity professionally. And mm-hmm. I would never say, hey, I'm going to write you up tomorrow if you don't, uh, if you don't throw the game. You know, Wait, that, but, you, but you did do that to me. Shh, you aren't supposed to talk about it. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, that, how do you think I got you to do this podcast? No, um, uh, well, you're not. You're, I'm not. I'm no uh, longer your employee. Anyway, never anyway, mind. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> but um, no. So I really think though that that's something that you should never do. You know, and that to me is common sense. But hell, we've seen a lot of people don't have common sense. Agreed. Um, I, I think that po- that point specifically touches on if you are playing games with like coworkers, like most of us. I mean, we 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 are lucky to work for a company that allows us to be very close knit, mm-hmm. and we do. We spend game nights. Most of it, pretty much eighty percent of it, is our own. You know, coworkers is you know you have to really watch that kind of relationship. And anybody that is going to use that, in, not just talking about our situation, but in terms of anybody in general is going to use that situation to their advantage that again, what's wrong with you? Mm -hmm. Seriously, what is wrong with you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, now we do see there is a lot of, um, implicit bribes. Um, (laughs) you know, so we've, I've seen many times where, you know, bribes, I don't think it's the right word for it actually, but, uh, favoritism maybe where people Mm -hmm. who are in relationships are family, or, you know, best friends, they're always just like, well, you know, I'm just going to help him win. Yeah. Because, you know, uh, I'm going to throw to him that way he wins even, you know, it'll help guarantee it. Right. Um, you know, and that's, I get where it's coming from. I've been guilty of it. I'd rather see my buddy win than some guy I don't know. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> you know, it's not fair, but I, I understand I'm, I'm, I've been guilty of that same 
Uh, yeah, and but the it, same issue. It kind of falls into the same thing, though. I I hate calling that cheating because I, I like I said I've been guilty of it, but and I don't consider myself to be a, a dirty cheater. Um, I'm a cl- very clean cheater. Um, that sounded wrong. That sounded terrible. Anyway, um, so but is that cheating? I think it is in some regard. Um, that's another commandment getting down later, and we'll get to that one, which is called king making. So well, for now. Uh, well, okay, but uh, well, just talking about is it cheating or not? I've seen way too many times, especially in competitive tournaments, where somebody will toss a game to a buddy so they can move up to the next rank because they are don't have the points to. But in, in some tournaments, collusion is a bad thing. Yeah. I'm just saying. So, it, it by rule book standards, I would say yes. Yeah, I guess from a, a strict speaking standard, it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think because of how common practice it is, it's hard to you know call it cheating. Mm-hmm. No, I agreed. And it's, I, I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, so we're just going to segue past that moment. Yeah. To, now, now I'm very sad and mellow. <laughs> <laughs> thou shall not, thou shall think about your move when it's not your turn. Oh my God. <laughs> I, you know what? That one's really hard to do in some board games. It, it is. It especially is. when you're, you know, for example, I'll take, I'll take a great example. Ascension. Okay. Ascension, there is so much going on and moving at the time of when it gets to your turn, you know, because, okay, so you have your center board of six cards, right? Mm-hmm. Or seven in the new set, but yeah. Seven in the new set. Or it could be more, depending on how much treasure is underneath. Uh, anyway. The point is, is that you you have a standard six six center row. Mm-hmm. If, I'm, if I'm the first player and I take my turn. Right. By the time it gets back to me, that board might have completely changed. So there's no way for me to think about my move ahead of time without seeing – because I have to wait till the person before me finishes mm-hmm. before I can get a good strategy in my head. Because we both have oh. that moment where it's like, oh, the the flip, the flip before, before my turn is so good mm-hmm. that you know all the other players face palm. Yeah. No, it happens. Now, I think we're lucky though in the case of Ascension. You know, it's a relatively – uh, low thought game because every every move you make is atomic. You True. it's more than one or two immediate moves ahead. What you do has very little impact. Mm-hmm. Um, and a turn is completely self contained. You can't screw over somebody else's turn. That's true. But um, I, I think it's much worse though in games like Catan or um, uh, Power Grid. Power Grid. You know mm-hmm. these type of things where what you need to do can be can be thought out ahead of time, even turns Mm -hmm. five, six turns ahead sometimes. In some Uh, cases, yes. Yeah. And you do have to prepare for contingencies because let's face it, we've all had the thing where we're sitting down playing power grid. We're going to buy into a town and uh, the guy across the way from you uh, buys in and buys in before it's your turn. Right. I think in the, I think the, the first line of the commandment is the best. The first little subtext is people should not have to wait endlessly for you to make a decision. Mm-hmm. And that's really what this rule boils down to. And again, that's all because waiting around doing nothing because you're waiting on a guy ruins the fun for the group. It does. I mean, we've we have we have a saying in our group. Um, <laughs> I will not name names, but we have a person that takes that, that breaks this commandment on a regular basis. 
and it, it does. It ruins the fun. Um, uh, yeah, and admittedly, we have a good nature group. We can tolerate it. Yeah, but there have been times where we said, "Okay, dude, you got ten seconds." I can see. <laughs> you, you've had you've had three to five minutes to think out here. Yeah. Let's let's do this. Um, I mean, a, a great a good example of you know taking too long to make a decision, which can really impact the game in terms of everyone is a game like Seven Wonders. Mm-hmm. where you're taking forever to draft your card and it can ruin it for everyone. Yeah. Cause there is literally nothing they can do. They can even look at their cards for the next hand. Cause that would, you know, we, we, yeah, yeah. That we consider that to be a form of bad play. Right. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I, I feel bad for these guys cause it's not even necessarily something they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as the people helping run the groups, we have a responsibility to stop everyone from getting hostile towards them because it's not going to help. Agreed. Um, Which we, we do need to note the whole joke about the person. There's no hostility on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we, we say it in good fun. He flips us off and he finishes his turn. Um, and then mm-hmm. likes to say, you know, quit being me if one of us takes a longer turn. So, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he he he, he, he you know, jokes back, and every time I, I think every every player, no matter how good or how thinking ahead you are, you're gonna have those moments where you're like you're you're a little frozen for a minute or so, as mm-hmm. you really have to think out what's about to happen. Um, you know, and it's our responsibility to try to stop ourselves from being falling in that trap too often. And it's the repeat offenders. I think that get on people's nerves. I think so. Which is funny because the next commandment ties into what we just said, which is thou shalt be patient with people <laughs> who get stuck. And for most times I would say this, this is a very important rule is to make sure, you know, you're patient with everybody. I think there is a limit in some regards. And what I mean by that is like we have said with seven wonders is if you're at one point where you're on, let's say, you know, age one, you're on your second card and it's taking you 10 minutes to pick that second card. And the whole group is already done. We're talking like 10 minutes after everybody else is done. Mm-hmm. Well, let's face it, in an average hand of seven wonders, it should be 30 ish, 30 to 60 seconds to pick a card tops. Rough, roughly depending on, I would say depending on, uh, where at in the, in the stack you are, if you're like five cards in, I could see you having to take more than probably two minutes. Cause you might look to your left, look to your right. Go, okay. Am I, I think, get I think you're way overestimating how long two or how, <laughs> how short two minutes are long two minutes. Yeah. I, I, Cause two minutes is a long time when you're sitting at a game table. That's you, true. you know, I think m- most of the times when I'm picking a card, I know what I'm going to pick in 10 to 20 seconds. I think it depends. For me, I've I've been guilty of that that two minute mark because I've been looking to my left, going, okay, this person's going into a ton of science. Do I do I hate mm-hmm. draft? And I look to then I look to my other side. I'm like, oh man, this person's going military. I should get some military so I don't get points deducted. Um, there's there's a lot of that. No, um, there is, and it's not a perfect science, but I'm still on average. On average, yeah. But yeah. I, like I said, the, these two these two commandments tie in together in the mm-hmm. sense of. You know, yes, you should be thinking about your move while you're waiting if it's possible. If it's one of those games where you can't like mm-hmm. a deck builder, just not going to happen. Um, well, you can have an idea of what you hope to do, but right. you know, I, no guarantee it's actually going to happen. And if you're on the other side of the if you're on the flip side where you are the person waiting, you have to be patient with some with players because, you know, again, breaking the golden rule we just talked about, just poking and prodding them. You're going to ruin their fun and they don't want to come back to game night. Mm -hmm. And I think, well, personally, I feel like I have a responsibility and I think you feel the same way that we are trying to help the board game uh, genre grow. 
We want more <laughs> players. We want people to have fun and to get engaged and come back to the next game night. Oh, most definitely. Yeah, and and I think it's been working for us. You know, we started off like we said before in the pre-show. You know, uh, just me and you. And now, last time we had what two tables of four playing. Eight. We had yeah. eight people playing. And the time before that, it was like ten. So yeah. you know, we're we're we've gone to the point where we haven't. We can't eat. We can we can only fit our whole group in one or two games, which is a good problem to be had. Yes, it's a very good problem because that also means that the problem we run, uh, you know, and I'm not going to dive into this. I'm going to say it's a very good thing. It means a lot more people, a lot more fun. And mm-hmm. honestly, hanging out with a group of people makes any night great. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, now, there there is a second part here they talk about with the mm-hmm. thou shall not be pa- thou, thou shalt be patient. OK, um, it says also don't quit mid game. Give a game two chances before you decide if you hate it or not. The first one is to learn, and the second one is to see how it plays after you know the rules. I think, I think that's a great idea. Yeah, I mean, the, those are – well, those are actually two different points. Don't quit mid-game it, unless you're like, hey, my house is on fire or my – you know, I have a responsibility or something like that. And I have to leave now. That's Agreed. one thing. But, you know, don't just quit the game mid-game because you're not having fun. Now, if everyone's looking around the table, like, why are we even bothering with this? Maybe. Maybe quit the maybe. game. Maybe. Uh, maybe I mean, we, mm. we've done that once or twice where the game yep. just d- did not engage us at all. Yeah. But um, we also have had a lot of games that were really good games that we didn't want to really replay. But once we replayed it a few times, we really enjoyed it. And I think I think that's an important rule for any gaming group as well. Mm-hmm. Just because, like you said, <laughs> there's nothing there's nothing more annoying okay I'll, I'll give a really good example um when i brought over when i brought over Suro, mm-hmm. remember we all played it the first time and we had a couple people like this is dumb why are we even playing this it's it's <laughs> it's it's so stupid yeah it's and then after a while now it's like our we got 20 minutes um mm-hmm. let's drop a game of Suro down and get it and just you know have fun and yeah, it, and it's it seats a lot of people. Surprisingly, um, it's almost no uh, no rules. There's almost no training curve. No, just did you fly off the board? No. Did you hit our dragon? No. Okay, then you're you're good. You're, yeah, you're good. You're living. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're okay now. We'll wait till next turn. Yeah, and I think I, I think the most important thing that we do, and I think most game groups should do, is if you do have someone that says, "I just don't want to play this because I didn't like it the first time," or "I've I didn't like it, so I don't want to try it again," mm-hmm. is is go okay. Well, we're going to play it. Well, like you don't want to say, "Well, we're going to do this," but at the same time, you have to say, "Well, you got to think." Is that you know you don't want to also get stuck in the rut of playing the same game over and over again. Say, "Look, can we try it one more time? Or are you willing to give it one last chance? If you don't like it, then we won't bring it out again." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I mean, let's face it. Uh, fortune and glory. Uh, oh, fortune and glory. Great game. That first time we played it, so many rules. We were like, "Oh my god, what are we getting into?" And mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't until the second or third time that we really started, I think, getting into it. Other than just reading the uh, the, the artifact cards, because that's that's fun. Oh come um, on, we, that is the best part of that game. <laughs> I'm not sure it's the best part, but it is the fun part. Uh, that oh, game you have to get into though, and really like embrace the the pulpiness of it. I think. Oh, I definitely agree. Well, that's yeah. all Fly Frog products, though. Yeah. Which, yeah. Uh, which side note, they're going to have a new project at Gen Con. Can't wait. We're going to be stopping by the booth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can't wait, can't wait to see you guys. Yeah. Um, no, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Um, you know, so I, I definitely think, though, that's a good example. Level 7, another great example of a game. A lot of rules, a lot of setup involved. Uh, it can be a major drain on the guy trying to help the other people learn how to play. 
Uh, trust me, I know. Um, yep. At the end of the day, though, once we played the first two or three times, it was uh, it was a great game. Oh, yeah, I loved I loved every minute of it. Mm -hmm. I also in admittedly that one guy who was sitting off in the corner raging against the game. Oh, the group's rage. God, Um, (laughs) you know, I think part of the reason why I love the game so much was watching him rage. But that's another story. That's it. That's that's for a night where we record our group and you can hear it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'd li- actually like to have him on to talk to him one time. I think I think it'd be a good idea. Yeah, it'd be but, fun. But yeah, no, I agree. Is that you can't. The point is, is that you can't just hate on a game your first time. It's all your first time mm-hmm. with any game is always going to be rough. Absolutely. Like, like the first time, I'll be honest, the first time I played Catan, I really didn't want to play it again because I played with a group that only had played Catan. And that's what their primary game was as a as a, as a gaming group. Mm hmm. And what did they do? They bullied me. They they literally taught gave me the hard the hard lesson of how to play Catan. And I didn't really want to play it after that. Uh, but I was like, you know what? What's the worst that can happen? I lose again. Mm-hmm. So I came back and now it's kind of, you know, it's it, for most people. It's a staple. So yeah. that's a good game, yeah. which surprisingly leads us into the next commandment, which is thou shalt be a good sport. <laughs> Man, these are transitioning so nice. I don't even have to do any work. I don't even yeah. have to think about it. No, and, um, and they all build on each other, and they all go back to that basic tenet that we all should try to have in our gaming groups. Agreed. Which uh, is being a good sport is very important. Mm-hmm. There's one thing I cannot stand is someone who does nothing, but you know when they're losing, all they want to do is bring you down. They only want to sit there and whine and complain and literally just tell you that how much they hate what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And I just, uh, it, it's, it's the worst thing. It's the worst uh, buzzkill for a gaming group night is to literally have someone do nothing but complain. Yeah. No. And there's a fine line to, um, between being uh, a good sport and being a dick. Yes, um, that's very true. And and let's face it, even the best of people sometimes don't always land on the right side of that line. Yeah, no, uh, you know, because there is the kind of smack talk when you're playing these games, and you can be, you know, and you can kind of like taunt your friend with, you know, hey, I got you last time, kind of thing. Yeah, and, uh, and that can be fun, and that can be in good spirits and, and good fun, right? Uh, or you can take it too far, drive it in the ground, and really just have the other people on the other end, you know, going like, "What the what's wrong with that guy?" Right. So you have to be, you have to watch it. Um, oh, I agree. Because let's face it, I think we've both been guilty at various points of take, maybe taking it a little far. <laughs> I think everybody is, not yeah. just us. But yeah. I'll, I'll give a really good example. Last year at Gen Con, I was, we were playing Ascension Worlds. Mm-hmm. I played on a table with a person that did nothing but either insult or critique every move a player did. Mm. And it wasn't like it wasn't like how you know we usually do well, where. Oh. Sorry, I, I think that may be more appropriate to the next one, but I'll let you finish. Yes. But what I mean by that is, he, you know, even like, OK, so when we're playing Ascension, we'll call out to each other. We'll say, OK, well, I know you're going to buy this. Or you're going to do that. I think you made the wrong move. You should have bought this card, you know, because we're talking it out. And even when we are down, when we know someone has the game in the bag. We're talking like a hundred and fifty seven to twenty five kind of point difference. We still are good sports about it. Yeah. Sorry about that. This person was not. 
he was losing. He had, he was, he had, he was gone. Like he mm. knew it. He knew it from probably about sixth or seventh pass. He knew it was done because to, because someone got an engine started and that was the game. Yeah. I, and, I, I think I may have actually played a game with that same guy. Cause there was someone in one of my games that was very similar. He was very negative, very critical and just not a lot of fun to play a game with. Right. And so, well, that touches on the fact that he was not a good sport. Even, you know, he just sat there and just, Mm-hmm. was mean to everybody at the table which just again be a good sport guys it, it's common sense like yeah. no no one likes all at the table oh, no, we're gonna have to believe that <laughs> um, no, no one likes an asshole at the table <laughs> if you say it again you're making my life harder here stop that um yeah so you and just reading overall because there are actually several points in this one you know um don't grumble or complain or nitpick. We've talked about that one. Don't torture other players. Yep. You know, no one likes somebody who's just going to rag or team up or gang. Up. Well, sometimes you have to team up if you're if the other guy's winning. But, you know, you don't team up and just gang and beat somebody in the ground. Like it sounds like they did to you that first Catan game. Yeah, it was not fun. Yeah, it was not fun. Uh, let's see. Where where's it go from there? Uh, nobody likes a, uh, a sore loser or yeah. a bragging winner. That's very true. Yeah. Um, then it talks about respecting the other players. Mm-hmm. Which, Good thing to do. Yeah. Um, what stays in the game stays in the game or happens in the game stays in the game. I think that's I think that's a very big monumental rule to have in life. Mm-hmm. If well, not in life, but in gaming. Yeah, absolutely. I would expand it out a little bit. Maybe saying what happens at game night stays at game night. I agree. You know, because uh, let's face it, I, I might rag on you for what happened the game before. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to bring it up two weeks later. Well, unless we're back at game night. If we're back at game night and it was something that <laughs> that was just so epic. Yes. Yeah. I will bring up some of the epic turns we've had for years. Yes. yes. Very much so. Yeah. Just like I will, too, because they are that epic. Right. But you, you aren't going to uh, talk about what happened at game night, uh, you know, around the water cooler the next day. Uh, just, in a, in, you know, and make it in an inappropriate setting. Agreed. Yeah. yeah, I think I think that's I think that's what they're trying to get at. Yeah, because I mean, yeah. who likes that? I mean, who mm-hmm. likes you know with us? Okay, I, th- I really think that's what's saying is don't be vindictive. Yes, I think that's exactly what they're trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, we're just. I think this one we're just running around in circles, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Just don't be a dick. Is I think what they're trying to say. <laughs> By the way, bleep that. <laughs> I'm not going to bleep. I don't need to bleep that one. But no, they actually said that. Don't be a dick. A dick. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they say don't let people's actions in games affect the outside world. And that's the same thing as you know, keep it keep it in there. Don't be vindictive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what you were talking about though with that guy though was um, kind of about the other one. Thou shall let others. Play play Ooh, i love this one i love this commandment i yeah. think this is a very important one now i know that when we have a new player in a game i have tried to you know help coach them if they were receptive you know um mm-hmm. i will try to say you know normally this can be a good play this is something you have to watch out for like when we sit down to teach somebody new ascension it's like banishment's very powerful yep. you know you probably want to get the the draw mechanics or you know several other things it's like oh you know yeah um that card you know he's kind of good um right you know but there is a certain point where you don't even let them think for themselves yeah there there is I think every gaming group person has this, the, you know, your, your, like your guru, if you will, or who is the most knowledgeable in terms of, or who's played the most board games, or maybe even in that game, they are just, you know, beyond, you know, Mm -hmm. expert. Yeah. For whatever reason, their mind just works that way. 
Right. Yeah. And the, the worst thing you can have happen is someone tell you how to do your whole turn. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, we, we what's funny is through all these rules, we've been mostly talking about it as a as a board gaming side. We kind of dropped our whole RPG talk, but this happens the same way in RPGs. Nah, we did. Is, what? I said, yeah, we did, didn't we? <laughs> we did, because I think the, the funny part about that, like, I'm going to I'm going to backtrack a little bit. I'm sorry, listeners, but it's to kind of to mm-hmm. me, thou shall be patient. Thou shall be a good sport. Mm-hmm. Thou shall think about your move when it's not your turn. All that to me is common sense in role playing. Yeah, is it? I didn't think I really we needed to touch on it because when when it's you know thou shalt think about your move when it's like your turn. You can't really do that in RPGs unless you're in combat, and that the only thing you can ruin there is disruption of combat, and that's your GM's responsibility to stop. Mm-hmm. Thou shalt be patient is the same way. Thou shalt be a good sport. Again, with RPGs, is you know. Your GM should not hold it over you. You should not hold it over your GM and you should not hold it over any actions of your players. Mm-hmm. Like, again, in my opinion, those are common sense things. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm sorry if I, I just realized we didn't talk about no, it. So. No, no, it, well, I agree. You know, I mean, I, I think what we were saying about most of those topics applies to both board games and role playing games equally. It's not like the other ones where there's kind of a division of labor for those rules. Correct. Yeah. So, so thou shalt let others play. This, this, this. The one thing I, I disliked from running con games because I was back in the early days. Oh, well, uh, that was a Tuesday. That was a Tuesday. No, uh, I used to run con games at like Huracan and Recon down in Florida. Definitely the, a Tuesday. It was. No, it was. It was, it was a Wednesday. Uh, I would run these games, and the one thing I couldn't stand is the the type of player who would come onto the table who knew all the rules who knew everything about the game inside now and that's great it's good to have that resource on the table because you know sometimes as, as a storyteller i do forget the rules and have them point things out but what i didn't like is when a player like that would literally sit there and go okay you want to cast this spell then this spell and this spell and it will do all this stuff mm-hmm. where because it it, for me, when that's happened to me and when I'm sitting on the table, it takes me completely out of the game. It takes me completely out of the fun I'm having. That applies both to board games and RPGs. They, yeah. It just completely rips me out of that that zone of fun, mm-hmm. if you will, the second someone tells me how I need to play my game. What if I'm, what if I'm casting mind control? That's a little bit different. That, that, that's where we get into some gray areas. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, sorry. I was just being contrarianism there. But uh <laughs> Yeah, I completely agree. Those type of players that are going to sit at the table and, you know, tell you what to do. And when you say, I don't want to do that, then they criticize you the next turn. That, again, goes back to the being a good sport, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to criticize me because I didn't do what you did, go away. I don't need your time, you know. Um, if you're lucky, though, that type of person's a lot is is can be great to have because they can be a great asset to help the other people learn or act as a walking rule book. Uh, <laughs> no, it's true. Yeah, uh, no, very and, much so. Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I think we I think the those four are just so common sense in my opinion. Well, that's kind of like. Huh. But the the strange part is is that it for a, for some people they don't realize they're doing it at the same time. No, they don't. That's just I won't say that's their fun, although I'm sure for some people it is, but they're maybe genuinely trying to be helpful. You know, let's face it, we're talking about a genre of people that not everyone is completely socially uh, adept. You have to help them out sometimes. 
Yeah, that's yeah. the important part about, you know, having a game night and being the person that kind of helps game night out. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, there is something here they don't talk about as far as this. Mm-hmm. Uh, that it, it, I've seen heavily in role-playing games, some extents in board games, but heavily in role-playing games, is the guys that come in and, tr- like, forcefully try to dominate the session. Mm. Okay. You yeah, know, been there. Yeah, and I'm talking about the kind of guy who's going to come in, and his character in Dungeons and Dragons, he's a rogue, he's a you know, complete BA. He, you know, can't, he, nobody can touch him. He talks big, and, you know, all that fake, you know, uh, swag or whatever swagger. I don't know what to call it these days. All the new calls. <laughs> but you know, that guy that comes in and he's just full of himself, and he's going to sit around and do nothing productive in the game. And then he's going to say, "Yeah, I'm going to go find some drugs and smoke dope and and hit on chicks for the rest of the session." Right. And their escapism, if you will. And, I don't know. Some of these guys I've seen do that in real life. It doesn't work out any better there for him either. <laughs> um, but, you know, what Rejecting? I've seen. Uh, <laughs> what I've seen happen with these guys when they get in a group of otherwise people that are trying to en- engage the storyteller and uh, each other in the game is these guys are just they're there and they're not adding anything and they become a burden to the group. Right. Um, and they're stopping those other people from being able to play. And many times they're not being a good sport about it. Yeah, I mean, I I have no retort. I have no other thing to say. But yeah, that's very true. I, I I'm sure you've seen this. Um, probably, I would not be surprised if the guys you've seen that are that type had the same storyline as I described. That's actually pretty much hits every like instance I've had to deal with that on the head. Yeah, um, yeah. I've seen it at least three times. Uh, many times to lesser degrees and many of those guys, once they get more comfortable, they mellow out and they're all cool. Um, you know, so some of it's just, they're nervous or awkward or they're trying to make a, a good first impression. They don't realize what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of them are, that's just the way they are. And, uh, there was one group where one guy stopped getting invitations. Yeah. 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 I think that's, I think that's the best way to handle those situations as well. Unfortunately. So this next one is a big one for me, Brian, you know, this about me. I I'm the biggest <laughs> stickler on this is thou shalt treat the game with respect. Mm-hmm. Now, listeners, to tell you how I wouldn't say OCD, how, how, I definitely <laughs> would. how critical I am of my games because um, I like my collection the last while. I don't want to have to rebuy something five years from now, 10 years from now mm-hmm. is I have sleeve cards. I buy wait, plastic. Well, wait a second. I'm going to point this out. When you say you sleeved cards, you're not talking about card games. No, you're talking about cards against humanity. Well, I've sleeved that too. Yeah, two. And, okay, thanks for illustrating my point there. When I bought my copy of Cards Against Humanity, it's about $50 for the base game plus all three expansions. Mm-hmm. The sleeves to sleeve it were going to cost me almost $100. Correct. There was no way I could justify <laughs> Being able to buy two, almost basically two more copies of the game mm-hmm. to sleeve the first one. Well, I had ideas with it, and it has worked. Is using them for you know going down to the local pub and playing with a bunch of people. No, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but it's just I'm, 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 I'm illustrating your OCD. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm, I'm illuminating big, it, if you will. Thanks. So I'm a big. I'm a. Ah, give me a second. Mm-mm. So no, I'm a big proponent of having 
uh, you know, having your board game taken care of to the point where if, you know, if you're, if I think this extends, uh, this extends beyond even my own OCD about sleeving it and taking care of your games. That's, that's my owner respect to my game. Mm hmm. But I think it's really important for players to also understand to, you know, friends, you know, in their gaming group to understand that you have to treat games with respect. I have never seen you seen you cringe quite as hard as when somebody will bend a card while they're shuffling or even just holding it fiddling. Well, no, that that doesn't make me cringe. It's the no, it's, no, dude, it does. You when somebody is starting to bend it to the point where it's going to break the arch of the card. Or it's going to like tweak the corner of the card when it's not sleeved yet. I have seen you just like go. But I think, I've seen it. But I, I think that's again, I think that's a respect thing. No, no, it absolutely ties in the rule. Yeah. I'm illustrating it. But, yeah. uh, you I know, mean, there's, there's nothing worse than someone who comes up to a game that, you know, you don't own mm -hmm. and you sit there and you bend a card immediately in half. Yeah, not immediately. But if you're like, you know, when you're holding cards and you just sit there and you mm -hmm. know, press your thumb in the middle, bend it in half. You know, that's yeah. to me that 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 that's a sign of well, these aren't poker cards, right? That's yeah. a sign of disrespect because I mean, let's let's face it, most of the games we buy are fifty to eighty <clears throat> to even to a hundred dollars a set, mm -hmm. and I, I don't know. For sometimes me, more, sometimes more. Um, it it hurts. It hurts when I see that. And mm -hmm. It's the same way for like, I, I you know, there will be people out there who will do the same thing with comic books, paperbacks. Books paperbacks yeah so you know, I, i've seen people that it's like don't bend this don't break the spine of the paperback you know right it's and the I, same kind of thing right but i think uh i guess what i'm trying to get at is that everybody should if it's not if it's not a game you own do your best to respect it mm -hmm. and i would because, encourage you if it, even if it is a game you own try to take care of it i agree because i'll tell you one of the most rewarding and like hardest lesson i've learned and the most rewarding i guess i got lucky kind of moments is when i was a kid uh, my mom got me Hero Quest back when it first came out. So that was like in the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s. And I loved that game. Mm -hmm. I had friends over every week. We mm -hmm. would play the game. Well, the thing I was a kid mm -hmm. and plastic and not understanding how important it is that some of these games might not be in print for that long or might not be there, you know, in a year where I can't replace certain parts or the company mm -hmm. isn't there. And so my copy of HeroQuest got destroyed because I was a kid and I didn't realize I didn't they didn't treat it with respect. I lucked out that on eBay I found an unopened steel sealed copy of HeroQuest and I bought that immediately and ever since it has it a it hasn't really been played, but I immediately took care of everything. I made sure the miniatures were okay, so when the box closed, nothing got destroyed. I made sure everything was laid down. Like I took better care of that board game than I think I have my entire collection. Yeah, and and no offense, Tim, we've had this talk before. The reason it has been played is because you broke a couple of commandments. Hush. <laughs> you didn't. I did, but no. Um, I think. I don't know. For me, this is this is the besides uh, there are a lot of commands in there that that I cherish. This one to me is like one of the, the I, I would consider is one of the higher commandments because mm -hmm. there's nothing worse than having someone come to a game night. And I've had this happen where they've come to game night and I have and they have left game night and I'm one board game less because they've either broken cards, broken plastic. Mm -hmm. My my favorite is they got so angry that they they upped up the table and so the board game went flying and so did everyone's beer and soda. Yeah. 
And that really is honestly, that is, that is, like I said, I think it's a higher, it's, I think it's one of the highest commandments you can do when you go to a board game as a, as a person going to board game night, yeah. maybe not necessarily the person who, not the person who owns the game for board game night, <laughs> but the person coming to game, board game night, that is the one rule I think that's higher than everything else is yeah. treat that property with respect. Well, and there's also another flip side to this and it's not just the physical treating the game with respect. The, a lot of these other rules, like not cheating, being a good sport, letting other people play, that, that guy who comes in and doesn't let other people play, he's not respecting these, the, the, the more non-physical side of the game, the group and the, the, playing, uh, the playing of the game itself. Agreed. Or, it's like the guy who talks in the movie. Yeah. The whole or, movie. Yes. Yeah. Or the two guys that sit in the back working on laptop. Anyway, so mm-hmm. so again – I think this is a very important rule for everybody to follow. Mm-hmm. So the next two, there's actually three because there's one underneath where this one is. And I'm going to bring it up because I think it's an important one. But these next three, I guess, I think these are uh, one of them is very subject to how people feel, mm-hmm. um, which is thou shall not king make. For people who don't know, king making is when you purposely throw away all your remaining power to back another player. Well, specifically, though, it has to do with when you can't win anymore. You've Correct. determined there's no way I can win this game, but I'm going to make sure he doesn't win it, but this guy over here does. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have some kind of mixed feelings about king making. I do too. Um, many times it's been used against me when I would have otherwise won and beat my competition. It's been used to make the guy who was in second place bypass me. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen many people do it, and uh, I, some pe- I've seen players use it as a form of uh, revenge. Yes, where they're like, "Hey, he made it where I can't win. I'm going to make sure he can't win either." Um, I try not to king make most of the time. Uh, even if the actions I do end up determining the winner, I'm not doing it specifically for that purpose. Agreed. Um, I, I think yeah. if it's on a, if you're doing it on a, maybe not on a vengeful level, I guess this, this is a little, really um, more of a, well, you're either doing it on a vengeful it, level or a favoritism uh, level. Well, no, be, <laughs> one way no, or the no, other. Well, no, no, no. I guess, I guess, I, I guess we'd have to look at it a little bit deeper than, because each situation that I've seen Kingmaker there, there is somewhere it is just blatant. I can't win. I'm pissed off. I'm going to throw my support into this person so that, you know, the person who's gloating that he's winning doesn't get that satisfaction. Well, sometimes they're not gloating either. Oh, so, no, there are no the situations I'm talking about. There was uh, gloat. No, so, so. Sometimes there is. Sometimes there's not. You know, admittedly, if the guy is being a jerk and no, and he's just being a bad sport, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and somebody decides to king make against him, I have a hard time feeling bad for the smuck, mm-hmm. even if I am that smuck on accident, right? Right. You know, um, I'll be like, yeah, I deserve that. Yep. But if I've been, you know, if I've been the good sport and stuff, and somebody decides to, I, I've seen one of the guys in our group do this to me probably five or six times in Power Grid. It drives me nuts. Where I, I feel like I'm closing in on the victory, and he guarantees I'm not going to win. Yeah. And uh, it, it does it it irks me a little bit because I'm like, what the hell? You know, there there is nothing I could do short of like giving him twenty bucks saying go away. You know, but that goes back to don't bribe. It does. But, but so I'm one thing I'm trying to think is like other than the guy who's breaking the commandments and you, you feel like he needs to be chastised, which even that I think is questionable. Right. Mm-hmm. 
what other motives do you have besides revenge or some some sort of favoritism to ever att- intentionally play Kingmaker? Well, see, I, like I said, I guess if you were to if we were to make it black and white, then yes. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. It's either vengeance or favoritism. But I'll give a good example mm-hmm. is if you have a, a player who is in first place. OK, mm-hmm. and he is doing nothing but hurting the fourth player like he has spent the game doing that, has spent the game making sure that there is no way a person can't that that the bottom of the rung can't catch up. If that person throws his backing into the second place player to push that second place player into a first position, I don't consider I mean, that is vengeance, but is that justified vengeance or is that, you know, that person's just being a dick? Mm hmm. And it's okay for that that moment of kingmaking. I, like I said, I think kingmaking well, is very situational. And see, I'm not sure about that because okay, that same guy in that scenario where you say he's been, he could feel like he's just been being held down by the man or whatever, right? But all that could be is the guy in first place making the best plays he could at the time, and the other guy not either not realizing what the good plays were, mm-hmm. or you know not having any good plays due to seat placement. Well, no, I'm I'm referring specifically to a first place player making that known. Uh, well, see, in that case, I think he's being a bad sport. He is, but what I'm saying is, and does that does that does him being the bad sport constitute breaking the rule of king making? I don't know, and that's that's kind of the question. And like I said, when I when I phrase my question though about the two motives, revenge or um, or favoritism, right? Mm-hmm. I said outside of the. Um, you know, chastation. Right. Which what but, you're talking about is you're chastising the guy for being a bad sport. Right. That's what I'm saying is that if you're making it black and white, the well, only two... Well, there's three options then. Really, yeah. there are. <laughs> no, I'm, and I, I even said it earlier. Chastation. Chastation. Okay. You're, 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 you're trying to say you've been a bad sport, you've done this, <laughs> you've been a jerk, mm-hmm. and we're going to make sure you don't win because we don't want to hear you gloat for the next hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've been, I think we've all played those games. Uh, yes, I think we you all have, have had that time. You yep. had the my seat placement sucks, so I'm going to make sure the guy who got lucky or was better than me is going to lose. Right. Uh, you've got the hey, well, my girlfriend's in second. I'll make sure she she wins. Mm-hmm. Favoritism. Yeah, I really don't see any other three options. The only one I feel kind of okay with is the chastising approach. Agreed. Both of the other two, I think, are kind of BS. I agree. I think the the worst thing you do is favoritism. I mean, I mean, I've been guilty of it a couple times. And, you know, again, we, we brought this up in like thou shall not cheat in tournaments, mm-hmm. you know, giving that to your buddy to make sure he gets into the next round or, you know, in like a PVP, like a big battle royale battle arena style game. I've been known to protect my buddy. And then if I'm about to die, toss that last little heal or that last little punch to another opponent to make mm-hmm. sure my buddy can come through. I don't I don't. Yeah, I have to agree. Favoritism is is BS and vengeful. It, it is BS. It's completely mm-hmm. BS. the worst thing you can do on a game night is just go, you know, vengeful and throw someone under. Now, the only game that I can think of where I would be completely OK with vengeful king making Spartacus Spartacus. Yeah, because. <laughs> That's part of the game. Yeah, that, that is the game, right? Oh. It's like we had a deal. You broke it. I'm going to make sure you lose. Yeah. That, well, that's the that's, point of part of this. That's, yeah, that's the whole thing, right? Right. Um, 
I, I was wondering when you're going to bring that up because I've been sitting on it. Yeah, no, I mean, that, that's the only time I can see a vengeful king making being okay. Maybe Munchkin in the same light. And that's because they're both very backstabby games by nature. Right. But I think what we're I think I think outside those kind of games, I think we're referring to things like Power Grid and so we are. And then, you know, Agricola mm-hmm. and Kingsburg. Well, you can't really do it on Kingsburg, but you can. It, it's oh, weird. You can actually because you can yeah. take the dice placement that the other guy needs to win. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of things you can do, but and there's a lot of mm-hmm. games you can do it in. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, the problem is that a lot of people yeah. use well, it. I think the more political a game is, probably the more acceptable it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can see that. Diplomacy and um, uh, Game of Thrones, the board game, had a lot of that in it. Mm hmm. Um, but just, you know, something that's just kind of like strategy. We're all supposed to be, you know, pitting our, pitting our wits against each other. We're not supposed to be making alliances necessarily, stuff like that. That's when it can get pretty BS. And I've been on the bad end of that kind of king making a few times and it really does. I just let it, I just let it roll off, but it, you know, it gets annoying when you're like that game should have been mine, but because this guy for no arbitrary reason, other than he decided to prevent me from winning and it's not because he was trying to win. Mm-hmm. Been there. Yeah. So I think the next one, which kind of makes for a king, it does. It kind of ties into king making, but not necessarily. It uh, has its I don't think it ties into king making that much. Well, I think it does in some regards because you can view it as if your buddy wins. Anyway, the, let's get to the commandment. The commandment is thou shall not only play to win. Yeah. Um, I and, think this well, one and, is, and to finish reading it, it says some people are so obsessed with winning that they feel personally insulted when they lose and they say we're here to have fun. It's just a game and you lose sometimes. Yeah. And uh, it ties. Sorry, I interrupted, but it ties into king making, I guess, to a little degree, but also ties into uh, being a good sport and, you know, everything else. <laughs> yeah. And, and what we've been calling the golden rule, you know, that that base tenet, try to have fun. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, the, the, I think if you're going to a board game night to literally do nothing but win, yes, we all want to win. When we're mm-hmm. playing a game, the object is to win. That's yeah. kind of the job. I mean, the, like that's the objective. Like even in a even in a you know not get you know the players versus the board, your objective is to win. Your objective is to destroy the elder god. It's to you know mm-hmm. sometimes uh, you get to win as a group. House. Yeah. Sometimes you get to win as an individual, and I wish we could. Uh, remind more people of that sometimes i think it's a i think it's a one of the biggest things you can do when in a board game group is and i think it it's the it's, even in rpgs it's the same way i, I think it goes the same way for, oh it's probably for, even more critical in rpg <laughs> like you know the min maxers and the railroaders oh the, sorry uh we forgot okay when you're rpging it's okay to make kings because sometimes yeah. that's the plot. <laughs> yes, I, sometimes. Yes. Please, King, make as much as you want in RPGs. Yeah, sorry. So, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, that, that's, the, that's the fourth option. Um, so, okay. but no, um, in, in, especially like in RPGs, don't min-max. If you're there, if you are only there to power game and your table is full of people who want to embrace story, mm-hmm. might want to lay off the power gaming a little bit. You know, and, that, and the vice versa for the people who, if you're playing in a big power gaming group, don't force story on them. But again, that's doesn't really it yeah. kind of connects. But anyway, well, point I, is, I would say for the guy who's trying to be a power gamer in an RP group, it's OK to be a power gamer, but just don't try to thrust it out there. Don't be that guy that's going to stop other people from enjoying the game. Right. Don't 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 play to win. Play but to for that one out of three adventures. When you get into a big fight, you are a god. Yeah. 
Yes. <laughs> yes, you are. Yeah. But no, I mean, it, again, it applies to, it doesn't just apply to, it applies to card games too. Even in, you know, tournaments, I am there to win. Like when I go to a tournament, I am playing yeah. to win. Well, I think tournaments I, I, are, it's a little bit more acceptable to well, no. be playing to win. Well, no, no, no. I'm, I'm saying is I think the, the, the part of, you know, feeling personally assaulted when you lose, I, I don't find that to be true, even in tournaments. Like I'm going to a tournament to win. Like mm-hmm. I'm go- I'm coming in. I want to, I want to walk out with first place. If I don't get it, I'm not going to feel personally insulted. Because uh, but it, I, you can feel bummed out or like you, you know, oh, yeah. you know, like, okay, last year, Ascension Worlds, I missed top 16 by two honor points uh, yep. over five games. Yes. And uh, that bummed me out. I mean, I was a little bummed out. I, I, I didn't stop me from having fun at the, uh, during the games. It didn't stop me from having fun afterwards either. But um I don't know. I think when you're in a tournament atmosphere, it's okay to be more cutthroat and more playing to win. Um, but that may just be the hyper competitive side of me trying to peek out. Well, no, that's the same side of me. At at the same token, though, is you can't you can't use that as an excuse when you break the other commandments. No, it's not an excuse to be a bad sport. Absolutely right. not. And that's what I'm trying to get at is mm-hmm. you should not always in your mind. You should be like I said, even in our own board game nights. We should be playing to win. I mean, that's the whole point. You know, Seven Wonders, I want to have the most points at the end of the night. Yeah. When when it comes out that I came in second, I'm not insulted. I'm like, man, I, I guess I just, you know, most time it's like, man, you know what? You you took my card. I ah, why'd you take my card? And, you know, it's all joking and kidding around or explaining our strategy and then having other people, you know, say, well, why did you do that when you knew I was doing this? Or having people, you know, be there to, you know, or having people just in general the camaraderie that comes after a game, even when you lose is good. Mm-hmm. But unless you're there, just the win. if you're there, just the win, you're just going to flip a table and go home. Then don't come to board game night. Yeah. I mean, winning's great. Mm-hmm. No, there's nothing like winning, yeah. but you, but you don't have to make it the, the life goal at well, the end of at, I, at board, at, at any kind of thing. You don't have to make it the life goal at any gaming event. No. And I, I think it all boils down to it is, your fun should not be defined just by whether you want you won or lost. Agreed. And I really think that's the essence of it. You should be able to have fun, have a good experience, get something out of it, even if you've lost. Agreed. Now, if you're if you're second place in a major tournament, you still have a buttload of money. That helps. But you know. <laughs> it does help. Yeah, or you know, half a box of cards or whatever. You know, so uh, that's only happened a couple times. Anyway. Yeah. At that place, second place doesn't feel that bad. Doesn't, doesn't no, feel that bad. But um, I, I I agree. You have to make it where you, you're there to enjoy yourself and have fun first. And let the second thing be winning. Agreed. I'd rather, as it says, always have fun. The golden rule. Always be mm-hmm. out to have fun. So I'm guessing you're wanting to talk about this, this 11th commandment here. I think the 11th commandment's important. Yeah, I'm going to bring it up. Mm -hmm. Thou shalt put away thy phone and be present in the game. Yeah, there are few exceptions to this rule. And there's a few caveats there, too, I think. Yes, the 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 exceptions to those rules and are as follows. If you are unable due to if you're if you're unable to have your not have your phone away, such as for us, you know, there's a lot of time we're on call for, you know, site outages and mm-hmm. when things go wrong. Yeah. So, so if you're on call out. from work, like if you're a doctor yes. and you need to get called in for surgery, I think it's important you get the call. Yes, I think it's really important that you get the yeah. call. Yeah. 
But I think I think this rule and I think the piece that needs to be said is that your phone should not take you nor the other players away from the game. Yeah, it shouldn't cause you to break the other commandments. I don't think it's just about breaking the commandments, though. Well, I, I, think, I, th- I think it is like I, th- I don't think anyone is going to have a problem with you pulling out your phone and texting as long as they're not waiting on you on your next turn. I guess. I mean, you know. I think I think that. OK, yeah, I'll agree with that. You know, or but, as long as they're not having to catch you up on what you missed because you were distracted by Angry Birds. OK, that's fair. Yeah. Or or that. that but that I think this rule is a bigger offense. And I speak of this just from, you know, running con games. Mm-hmm. It's a bigger offense for our peers. It's a huge, huge thing for our peers because yeah. what happens is one person pulls out their phone. It's like yawning. It's, in, it's infectious. <laughs> the next person pulls out their phone and the next person pulls out their phone. Mm-hmm. It's, I think, I think this is the unspoken commandment of a gaming group is well, we're, we're speaking in now. I know, but meaning it's not, it's not in the, like, if I were to, these, the ones we have mentioned, I think are all really important. This one is more of kind of like, you know, make it a really good house rule. Put your phones away. Yeah. I wish we could do that, honestly, but we have several people who are on call for various reasons. Several of us have kids that are at babysitters or whatnot while we're, uh, while we're at game night. And so it's, it's not possible for those reasons. Um, you know, at that point, if you're not if, if two thirds of the room has their phones anyway, what's the point telling the other third they can't? Um, yeah, but it should be it should be something that everybody should strive towards. Yeah, it's absolutely. Not, I mean, I, I get it in the day in this age of social media, Twitter, Facebook, Google Plus, mm-hmm. Pinterest. I can keep going. You're always connected. Someone's either messaging you or things, you know, some some big's happening. You know what? If you're going to board game night, take that two hours, four hours, however long your board game nights are. Hours. Just, yeah. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. that's only every other Saturday is take that time and enjoy the camaraderie you're having with the people in front of you. Yeah, no, and you're you're there to hang out with these people. And it's a little disrespectful to, to in some way, form or fashion to be checking your phone all the time. Or uh, this guy here, they're talking the guy who posts his rule and he said, hey, my friend got a smartphone and now he's been spotted more than once playing Angry Birds during a game of Catan. That must be a boring game of Catan. Either he's way too into Angry Birds. Alex. Column A, column B. Um, You know, I know I have uh, during when certain people are taking a while on their turn, I have been guilty of pulling out my phone and playing Ascension with one of the other guys at the table. I've been guilty of it, too. So I'm not sure how that falls into that because there's an extra meta. You're actually playing with the people at the table, just a side game. Um, I still think it takes everybody out because other people notice it. And again, it's that whole infectious thing because once one person does it. Mm hmm everybody's going to do it. So I, again, I think the most important thing is to, to minimize, minimize as much, as, much use, as you can. Yeah. yeah. As much usage of your phone as you can, unless again, for our group of example, uh, for our group in particular is we also use our phones to control music. So mm, yeah. 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 Anyway, but I, I think this is, I think this, this, this whole commandments that we've talked about, I think it, it is, it is, it works at all levels of a gaming night, be it a small one where it's just you and your buddy playing, you know, Ascension, which mm-hmm. is what, you know, you and I started off with yeah. to when you grow into something where you're playing power girl with a bunch of people. Yeah. And it's really important when you get to that large group where we're at, where we're having 10 to 12 people over and you're spread out between two games, these rules become even more important because you don't want to 
well, not even more. They, they still, listen, the, the, the importance of these rules don't change, I should say, between each group. But mm-hmm. it, it's very important that you keep to them even when you get into big groups. And this even extends into your local game shop following these rules because um, in there that's not your home yeah <laughs> like that's and, someone else's property that's a business yeah in a public venue like a game shop or a con i would say these rules probably are more important than they are in your house because when you're hanging out with just your friends just you know your people and just your place you can get away with more you know you are more it's more okay to be a little bit more of a braggart because you know that they know you're just being a smart ass you know, you, you can get away with that more. But if you're being even a uh, a jovial, you know, braggart and not 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 braggart, but, you know, you're, you're talking smack in a game shop. Those guys might not know that's just your sense of humor and you aren't actually gloating. That is true. So it's, true. it's probably it's probably when you're dealing with people you don't know in places you aren't familiar with. It's probably more important to follow these kind of things. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Um. And it's kind of wrapping all of these together, though, is that overarching thing of, uh, you know, people are at the game nights or whatever to have fun. And I really think it's important to point out that there is kind of the unspoken corollary to all this. But we're speaking now unwritten corollary. There you go. Um, Corollary. Yeah. Is Mm. that you want everybody to have as much fun as they can um, in the context of the game night. So anything that leads to a major disruption of that ability is probably a bad thing. Couldn't say it better myself. I will say from, you know, our group and, you know, you and I have our years of experience doing this. I, my number one priority, either hosting it or being there is to make sure everybody has fun. Cause it's how our industry grows is how it continues to grow. And it's how we bring new people into it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and I will continue to, Make sure the golden rule is never broken because I want to hear I want to hear about the, you know, one of my favorite stories. And this is going to be my why the commandments are so good is picking up a game of Blood Bowl in our in our, in our <laughs> office. We had so much fun. Everybody had a lot of fun. The commandments were not broken at all. And it was really awesome the next day to hear, you know, someone come up, like, where are we going to play Blood Bowl again? Yeah, uh, we're going to play Marlon play today at lunch and here everybody go, blah, blah, you know, from down the hall mm-hmm. was absolutely amazing. And what happened? More people are playing it. I've seen it disappear off my shelf a couple times during lunch. Mm-hmm. And some people have bought it from when we do our orders with cool stuff. Yeah, I, Well, and here we are two years later. And some of those people that first played Blood Bowl uh, football or team manager. Yeah. Blood Bowl team manager. Yeah. Uh, with us. You know, those are the guys that come out every other Saturday and and play you know, Pathfinder or whatever with us. So I, I think we're all to, as you said, to wrap it all up is remember, guys, have fun. That's the most important thing of everything It mm-hmm. is. Have fun and make sure everybody else is having fun as well. So I have uh, I, I have a question for you. Uh oh. <laughs> so we've read all these and we spent a long time talking about them at this point. I, I think this is probably going to become our longest episode so far. Mm-hmm. Um, how is this going to change the way you know seeing these kind of codified in front of us? How is that going to impact the way that we run our board game nights? Uh, that's a good question. I think after reading them and actually sitting down and analyzing them and talking about them, there's a lot of things I think, you know, I've, I've done subconsciously or Mm -hmm. consciously 
Yeah. And I think it, it's something to keep in mind for every time we go forward. Yeah. And it, I think, I think mm-hmm. one of my biggest changes is going to be, you know, I've, 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 I will say I am guilty of it. The, the one I am most guilty of than anything else is probably king making. Cause usually let's be honest, I've king made you, you've king made me. Um, <laughs> it happens. It yeah. happens. I yeah. think I, I, think, I, tr- I like I, said, I, I try not to do it consciously because I feel the sting yeah. on it on the other end. Um, I'm so, not saying I haven't done it out of, you know, cause it was a good joke at the time or whatever. No, again, same, same here as I've been on both ends of it. And I think talking about it and I think that'll be something that I will change mm-hmm. going forward with our board game nights. Yeah. Um, I, I think, uh, one thing that is going to be kind of interesting is, you know, uh, having a more official person running the games. Um, you know, it's normally either me, you, or Will that ends up running the games and that's good. Um, but sometimes we've both like two or three of us have tried to sit down and run the same game at the same time and that doesn't work so well. It doesn't. It does not. So, uh, and definitely as we get more and more new players, we're, we're, we're at the point where we're breaking up in two tables, you know, most, most nights now and it's great, but you know, it's definitely important that we don't conflict in that. So I take it that's your your change for board game night is rule one rule one i think rule one is is going to be something I, I, t- I pay more attention to i hadn't really thought thought about it in such black and white terms mm-hmm. um you know the king make i'm probably going to make sure to avoid even further um other than that i mean is there anything that you think i should change more about myself no no you're good man you're perfect <laughs> no, you're so no. full of it. Um, <laughs> but no, I think I think that's I th- that's what I hope for our listeners too is that you know when you get done with this episode, you look at your own group and you say you know these are these are things I can change mm-hmm. and these are things I would like to see our group change as well. Yeah. So I hope this has been very informative and will you know cause some introspection as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, man, this is going to be a pain to edit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, there's there's one more topic that we have to touch on before we hang up. Okay. This is our last episode before Gen Con. It is our last episode before Gen Con. I just realized it as well. Holy, holy mackerel. Yeah. And that you realize it now. I realized it yesterday. I realized it the day before. <laughs> I realized it when I was listening to the episode with the Loy. Yeah. Uh, we only had one more left. Yeah. So guys, we'll be at Gen Con. Um, I know there's probably only six of you listening to us, and that's great. I got the it's, stats. It's for like four and a half. Sweet. Four and a half. I love it. Um... You know, I'm excited. Uh, I I really don't want to go too much in Gen Con because the episode's already running long as it is. Mm-hmm. But I I'm excited. I'm really super excited. There's a lot of stuff I'm waiting to try. Uh, Thursday night's going to be awesome because we're going to play Firefly. Um, yeah, I'm really. I'm really excited. Yeah, that's to go right. To we it. got tickets for Firefly. Yes, so I'm really excited to play that. Um, the other thing I am super super excited about is getting to watch some of the tournaments for like I want to I want to stop by and watch the Mage Wars tournament. I actually want to sit and watch and see how that gets played out. Um, I'm ready to see the new stuff from Privateer Press. They have High Command, mm-hmm. um, their new deck builder. I'm ready to play the new level seven where you play the Marines coming in. Yeah, that's gonna be uh, good. There's so many great games we're gonna play. Uh, as far as recording, one thing I'm. I'm looking forward to doing is uh, finding a beer hall nearby, sitting there with our laptop and recording as we talk about the day. I think I think that's going to be so awesome. Like I I, I can't find better words to describe the fun we're going to have doing that. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, next week we're probably going to post. We're going to shoot for one a day. I'm not sure if we're going to hit it. (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, I think we can. I think we're going to be able to because most yeah. of the time we're going to get to um, just so you guys kind of understand our schedule. If anybody does want to meet us up is we'll probably go to I forgot the bar name, but it's one that's our dragon's milk on tap. We usually do that our first night. <laughs> yeah, uh, we, there's the there's the place right around the corner. We're, we're going to hit all the the company themed bars, I'm sure. Yes. Like I know we'll broadcast from the Ram probably Saturday night or Friday night. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot where Catalyst is this time. I'm going to have to go look it up. But yeah, we'll probably broadcast from every single bar we're going to be at. Not bar, but, you know, restaurant. I wouldn't say bar because we probably don't want our laptops in there for the sake of spilling beer on them. Um, so we're going to do our best uh, to get. It's OK. They can spill. I have, yeah. I have Apple Care. We're good. OK, uh, so we're going to do our best <laughs> to make sure we get an episode up a day mm-hmm. to kind of go over who we've talked to. We are going to try to get some special guests. Um, I know Aloy said he'll probably be on. Uh, I'm talking to a couple, couple other friends of mine who are yeah. going to be at Gen Con to mm-hmm. see if we can get them on. Um, if not, then we're going to try to do this every night, throw up an episode, tell you what we play, tell you what we saw. Um, they, they will be a little bit rawer than what we do here. We're not going to have all of our nice mics set up with us. Nope. Uh, we will, uh, not be doing much editing. Uh, they maybe have to tag the explicit based on how much we accidentally swear. Uh, <laughs> I think I think the only night we are probably going to have the explicit tag on is most likely going to be uh, either Saturday night or Sunday night. The I'm sorry, Friday night or Saturday night, just because that's when we do um, True Dungeon. Oh, that's so, going to be fun. So I don't know. Depends on how frustrated we get from from that. Uh, <laughs> however, I think we'll be fine. So, guys, right. we're looking forward to this. I know we're both excited. Um, I, that's all I do. I, I want to keep rambling because I'm so excited for Gen Con. It's less than seven days. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm actually leaving town early on a business trip and then going to meet you guys in Indianapolis. So it's uh, it's a long week for me, for sure. Um, there will not be a regular episode Saturday night next week. Um, nope. It's only going to be the Gen Con raw cuts. Uh, I don't know what we want to call it other than that. Um, That's what they are. Yeah. So. No, it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. We got, we're going to be able to meet a lot of cool people, play a lot of new games. We're going to probably babble more than we ever have on any episode. Agreed. Um, you know, after we get back from Gen Con, we'll, we're going to go back into the normal routine. I'm sure we'll probably do another follow up episode where we talk at least part of the time about Gen Con. I think Again, that'll be a topic in and of itself. Yeah, <laughs> so. um, I will say, uh, as far as future topics go, Aloy has me really interested to do the Spartacus versus Battlestar Galactica. Yes, we'll be picking those up to do that episode. And I think we're going to do an episode, a uh, couple episodes on uh, magic. is Not Magic the Gathering, but magic systems and yeah, the w- power levels of it in RPGs. Mm-hmm. So yeah, things have, to look forward to. We have that. Uh, I think we're going to do probably dissect every... St- thing we can about rpgs in general yes over the not all at one block that might be a little, a little bit too much to chew through I, I might bash my head against the wall yeah uh so um i guess it's is it about time to wrap it up i think it is i mean we're, we're only an hour and 46 in on the recording i'm not sure what it's going to be after editing but <laughs> no, we'll find out but guys thanks again for listening to another episode of epic turn i cannot express the the love we have for this show and we want you to continue listening. So please follow us on Twitter. Brian can be found at Kelton. I can be found at Telshin. You can find the show notes at epicturn.com forward slash episodes forward slash four. And if you liked our show, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. Also, we would love to hear feedback. If you have anything for us, be it positive, negative, just let us know. We'll be more than happy to get, you know, read it, fix it, make it better. Cause this show is for you guys, not just for us. So thanks again. And we'll be back at Gen Con for, you know, 
couple epic turns. Many, many epic turns. Many. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need our Batman. Batman. Okay, that was a little loud. Batman. Nah, it's still a little loud. Batman. Okay, that's better. Batman. No. Gen Con's going to be interesting. Let's just put it that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So, so Tim, how many dragon milks have you had tonight? <laughs> Six. Six dragon milks. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Actually, be more like <laughs> one. Clink the glass. Two, clink the glass. Three. Um, what comes after three? <laughs> Four? One, two, three. And a bottle of tequila.